It's a brand new day, and we're putting the AM in American politics. We've seen the darkness of division and despair and are now jumping into the light of a bright path forward. Progress is here, and we're sharing its story with you, for you, all with the help of Signal Boost. Now, here are your hosts, Zerlina Maxwell and Jess McIntosh. Welcome to Signal Boost. This is Jess McIntosh. I am here with Zerlina Maxwell, and we are truly honored to be joined by our next guest, Vice President Kamala Harris. Thank you so much for talking with us today. How are you doing? I am well, and it is so good to talk with you both, Darlena and Jess. Thank you for being such important voices about what's going on in our country. Thank you so much. I mean, it, it's always in a privilege to be able to speak with you, but I think in this particular moment, uh, everyone listening um, is feeling maybe a little bit worried <laughs> about the future uh, for a variety of different reasons. Uh, the last time we talked to you, um, was in the middle of this year uh, in the pandemic. We were a few months into vaccinations. Um, but right now, I feel the bigger crisis even is in our democracy um, and being able to make our voices heard as voters and as citizens of this country. And that's where I want to start because there is some reports, there's some reports right now that um, the White House is going to aggressively focus on voting rights and um, press for voting rights legislation. And so in terms of that crisis in democracy, how important is this federal voting rights legislation to protect the access to the ballot box of voters of color and really all Americans um, going forward? I think it's one of the most critical um, battles before us right now. Is, um, is what we must do to protect the integrity of the right to vote. Listen, when I read the PDB, the Presidential Daily Briefing every morning, often with the president in the Oval Office, uh, it is real that around the world there are questions being asked about the relative strength of an autocracy versus a democracy. I, I have convened and met with countless world leaders, presidents, prime ministers, and it's a real conversation. And they're looking to the United States of America to, to check and make sure that democracies can prevail, where we uphold essential values like free and fair elections, while we also uphold what we must do to take care of our people. And, um, and so when you talk about it from that context, when you talk about it from the context, which is that there are intentional, purposeful attempts by states around our country, at least a dozen, that are trying to take away people's rights to vote, make it more difficult for people to vote so that they won't vote, we know we've got a fight on our hands. And what must we do? What is the fight for? Not just against, what is it for? Well, two things. We've got to pass the John Lewis Voting Rights Advancement Act. And we've got to pass the Freedom to Vote Act because we need the tools to be able to fight against what these states are trying to do. And let's all be clear, guys. Part of what's happening is that more people than ever before in the middle of a pandemic turned out to vote in 2020, which is why I am vice president of the United States. <laughs> and there are powerful forces that didn't want that kind of thing to happen again. And so they started passing these laws 
to make it more difficult in Georgia and Texas. You know, you know what's going on. And so, mm-hmm. okay, got it. So we got to then deal with what's happening and work to make sure that people's rights are intact. And, you know, you guys have heard me say so many times, the great Coretta Scott King, she told us this fight for justice must be fought in one with each generation, meaning we have to be vigilant because whatever rights we gain, they will not be permanent. And so that's where we are. And I say that, Zerlina and Jess, to say, therefore, we cannot be despondent, we cannot be overwhelmed, we cannot throw up our hands when it's time to roll up our sleeves. This is the challenge before us, just like previous generations have faced, and we just got to do what's necessary. There is so much to do, though, and I think that's where a lot of folks start to just look at the myriad of crises that we're facing and think, oh, this is just so overwhelming. I don't know how we move forward on this. Of course, we we have to deal with voting rights, but you also came in with a really strong agenda that a historic number of Americans voted for. The last time we spoke, um, you were talking about something that you were calling the bombdibus bill. One of the things that made us so excited about you having the role that you have is that you didn't just bring the concerns of women into the White House for the first time, you brought in their lived experience for the first time. So, So I wanted to ask you, especially in light of the maternal mortality summit that you just had, the first of its kind, how are you feeling about your agenda today as it relates to easing the burden for women in America? Well, thank you. And first of all, I mean, you know, I've been doing this work my whole career. I mean, back when I was attorney general leading the California Department of Justice, which is the second largest Department of Justice in the United States, second only to the United States Department of Justice, I created the Bureau of Children's Justice. Because I have long recognized that when we focus on the needs of children and their parents and and women and children, we lift up all of society. So this is part of a work I've been doing for years. And when mm-hmm. I was in the Senate, working with folks like Lauren Underwood and Alma Adams, we created legislation that said, let us take a look at things like maternal health, especially when you look at maternal mortality and the fact that Black women are three to four times more likely to die in connection with childbirth. Native women are twice as likely to die in connection with childbirth. Rural women, 60% more likely. And so for the first time ever, on the stage in the White House, I brought together the leaders on the issue of maternal health saying this should be a number one priority because in America, we should not be having these kinds of numbers and this kind of tragedy. And do you know that among developing nations and developed nations, we are one of the worst on this issue? And Mm -hmm. so, but listen, guys, so that's the problem, but the solution is to give it the attention it deserves. The solution is to do what we have proposed, which includes saying, Let's deal with the issue of postpartum and what we need to do to extend Medicaid coverage for women to not just 60 days after they give birth, but a full year after they give birth to assist them with what they need in terms of all that they might need in terms of their well-being, their health, that includes their, 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 their health in terms of depression, if that is the case, as well as, as all of their other health care needs. 
We said, let's deal with the fact that we want to ensure that women have all of the support they need to have healthy babies. And so during their pregnancy, let's put resources in to make sure that they have the right nutritional assistance, that they have access to transportation, um, affordable housing, because these things matter. This is good stuff, and we're doing it. Think about children. I just did an event yesterday where I was talking about the need for access to capital, but I was talking about it with a bunch of business leaders, and, and I was saying, you know, you all think about success, and you measure it based on what you call return on the investment, ROI. Well, guess what? Let's talk about a really big ROI. We just increased the child tax credit, and this was work that I did back when I was in the Senate. You know what this means? We are on track to reduce child poverty in America by 40%. Mm-hmm. Think about the return on that investment. It's going to have okay. generational impact. And this stuff is happening, guys. And, you know, to connect the, the topics you're raising, people voted. They said these are the kinds of things we want. I think of sometimes that when you vote, it's like you're putting in your order. This is what I want. <laughs> and... <laughs> They're getting what they wanted, and we're going to still keep fighting for all the other things that we need, including voting rights and so many other things. But good things are happening. Good things are happening. One of the things that I think we all need to keep um, focused on is getting out of this pandemic. And I mentioned that the last time we talked, um, we were still very early in the vaccination process. I think it was just a couple of months in. Um, to the first Pfizer shot being administered back in December of 2020. Um, can you speak to where the administration sees uh, the progress on the pandemic over the course of the last year that you've been in the White House? Um, and any message for American families as we head into the holiday season and the winter months with the potential uh, for some surges based on the latest data? Well, first of all, again, good news, 99% of um, our children are back in school. Um, good news, I, when I was in the Senate, we created um, a, basically what we decided should be a racial disparities task force to track the racial disparities around who contracted COVID, who died from COVID, who's getting vaccinated. And the good news is that we adopted that approach from our first days when we came into the White House and we have closed the racial disparities around vaccination for, in particular, um, African-American adults. Um, so good things are happening. We just released today, the NIH release, the National Institutes of Health, um, a new data key point, which is about the fact that if folks get boosted on the Omicron variant of COVID-19, um, it, is, it is great news that if you get boosted, you will definitely be um, in a much safer place. And so we just go back to where we've been going, which is please everybody get vaccinated. It is safe and it is free and it will save your life and get the booster. Mm-hmm. And it's a really good message going into the holidays. Uh, Madam Vice President, one, I am never going to get tired of saying that too. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. This has been just an excellent opportunity to to hear from you as we we close out the first year of an incredibly successful administration so far. So thank you for all of the work that you're doing for us. Thank you. And I just want to leave the two of you and your listeners with this. Yes, 
this has been a rough year and actually a rough two years in particular because of the pandemic. There has been so much loss, loss of life, of livelihood, of just normalcy. But it is important and certainly, you know, we mark we mark times to kind of reflect around things like the end of the year. And I think it's really important for everyone to reflect on the good also. Reflect on the fact that when we think about things like what we can do and what we are doing to uplift children and, and, and the mothers of our country, what we are doing to come together and say, let's all see the importance of voting rights and like all the suffragettes before us, um, let us get together and know our power to fight for what we believe in. When we look at things like what we need to do to stand up for a woman's right to make decisions about her own body and the importance of mm -hmm. choice, let's know our power. Let us not be defined by those things that would try to take our power from us. Let us not let that define us. Start with let's know our power and say, uh-uh, you're not taking this from me. <laughs> That's where we are. And And why do we care about this thing we call power, because when we have it, we do good with it. It's about helping our fellow person. It is about lifting people up, lifting their voices up. And, you know, I think that one of the greatest measures of strength is literally based on how you can see your personal power to lift up another human being. So let's remind each other of that, of our individual and our collective ability to show our strength through our service to each other in every in every way. Love I think that. that's the perfect message heading into the holidays. Yep. Really good. I'll talk to you guys Absolutely. later. Okay. Be well. Thank Be you well. so Be much well. and Thank happy you so holidays much. to you. Okay. Thank you. Happy holidays. We'll be back tomorrow with another Signal Boost podcast. Thanks for listening. 